Rio Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by United Plumbing and Heating, TJ's Evergreen Herbal Market, and Pam Harris's Pequail Realty, all businesses in Rio Rancho. It is time to talk to our mayor of Rio Rancho, Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Derek, and good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Sunday morning today and uh, getting up. And let me just say thank you for everybody that joins me 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. That's commitment. Yes, it is. They really want to know what's going on in their city. Absolutely. And let me remind everybody, if you don't have time to listen to the show this morning, we are going to upload this to the podcast. And uh, that's it. Greg Hull, Mayor of Rio Rancho. It's on Spotify. It is a free listen. And you do not have to download the app. Just go out there and look for the show you want to listen to. What do we got? Like over two years of shows archived at this point in time. And they say what they're about if you're looking for a certain subject. Yeah, so we've got the shows right there and appreciate KDSK for getting those uploaded to that site for us. And Spotify has done something, I don't know if you saw this, people can comment now on these. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah. nobody has yet. I've looked, but you can, whether you thought it was good, bad, or you have something we missed or we want to ask us, you can can put it on Spotify. Well, and, and if you have a question about the city and you want to ask that question you can always send your email to info at kdsk.com right here at the radio station i will ask the mayor and derek will ask me that question because there is a lot going on in rear rancho and we our goal with this show is to keep everybody informed about the things that are happening throughout the community if you guys have the information we're hoping that you'll share it with other people to let people know what's going on because you know the one thing that i see online constantly derek is the misinformation people see something they come to a conclusion and then they say oh this is what this is and that's not necessarily the truth so what we want to do is make sure that people have good information about what's going on why are we doing things why did we make the choices that we made and we try to communicate that here on this show so if you have a question i'll be happy to answer it for you and we've got a lot of good announcements coming forward one of the big ones that's happening right now is comcast is running in cable throughout the city and vexus will be right behind that so if you've got all these road crews working around everywhere it's best to ask a question funny circumstance derek <laughs> we were driving up the hill from albuquerque the other day with carrie in the car right. and i made the comment Man, I'll be glad when these guys are done working on these medians. Yeah, because they close a lane. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, Well, what are they doing? I said, Well, they're landscaping it. She's like, Oh, I thought that was Comcast bringing all their infrastructure up here. I said, No. no. I said, No, that is them landscaping the medians. Beautification. Coming up yes, yes, beautification. And we appreciate Albuquerque for doing that. And I remind everybody everything from Ellison up the hill to Westside is that's still Albuquerque. And so Albuquerque's doing that work coming up the hill, and we do appreciate it because it's going to make the drive into Rio Rancho even more beautiful. And that just takes teamwork to get that stuff done. And with those medians finally done, we're going to have completed medians pretty much all the way from Paseo del Norte all the way up into Rio Rancho. So it'll look good. What do we have going on here in the city of Rio Rancho? Well, we've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of activity throughout the community right now. And But first, I have to say to all of you Marine Corps members out there, because you know what they say, once a Marine, always Always, a Marine. yes. Yes, always Marine. The Marine Corps celebrated on Friday, this past Friday the 
10th, the 248th birthday. So appreciate that. I went to a nice uh, Marine Corps League birthday ball that Friday night. It was very nicely done. And they celebrated 248 years. And I got to say, they're looking pretty good for 248 years. 250 is coming up pretty quick, That's a big one, yeah. And then, uh, of course, yesterday you had the Veterans Day Parade. Yep, we did. We had the Veterans Day Parade. Fortunately, we didn't see the rain and snow that we saw on Friday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, had a little rain and snow. I got out there Friday morning, and my goodness, there were these big old big snow flakes, flakes yeah. coming down. They didn't stick, though, They did not. They did not. The ground's still a little warm for that, but it was, it was kind of cool to see, because you yeah. don't see that very often in the fall as things start to get chilly, but it was nice, and as always, we can use the moisture. Oh, yeah. We never say no moisture. You know, uh, we appreciate the moisture. Yep. The moisture in the desert. Absolutely. So with that, you know, we got the Veterans Day Parade behind us. We've got Veterans Day behind us. Once again, thank you to all of our veterans for their service to our country and communities. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you. And that's why it's always an honor for me to get out there and do that Veterans Day event. I think I've missed one Veterans Day event in the 10 years that I've been doing this. And if you'll remember, it was a couple years back and it's because I had covid Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I had COVID. Couldn't get out and spread that around. So I had to be quarantined, and we had the deputy mayor stand in for me, which we appreciated that. But we had Veterans Day, and we just want to, once again, that is the day that we celebrate all of those military members that have served our community, protecting our freedoms and fighting for the United States of America. And we do appreciate each and every one of them. And I personally am grateful because a guy like me that I get to live in a country where I get to be the mayor. And I mean, that just shows you that if you put your mind to it, you run a campaign. We have great freedoms here that just your everyday citizen. And that's all I really was. I wasn't politically involved before I ran for mayor. I just one day somebody was encouraging me to say, have you ever thought about running for office? And went and really did some research on what that meant. Had never contemplated holding a political office before. But I do recognize the fact that because of the country we live in, I was able to look up the information, go do some research, mount a campaign. And in 2014, uh, the citizens of Rio Rancho elected me to be their mayor. And we're coming up on the end of finishing, Derek. And it wasn't long after that that you and I started sitting down doing this show. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing this show now for almost 10 years. And I will wrap up the 10th year of being in office in coming up in March. March, yeah. yeah. And so is it everything, you know, when you campaign, and, and again, you, as you said, you had never been in office before, never been on the city council, and now you're mayor. Is it what you thought it would be? It, some aspects, yes, and other aspects, no. I mean, honestly, when you're running for office, you're never campaigning on the idea that, hey, COVID's going to come and we're going to have to shut everything down, yeah. you know, or see everything get shut down. Now, personally, the city of Rio Rancho wasn't the one shut things down. It was by governor's orders. Right. But those are things that you don't think you're going to get into that you're going to have to navigate. No, right? But even the day-to-day, okay, so you could know what a city council meeting is going to be like because you'd go watch one and see what the previous right. mayor did and what it's like. But the day-to-day, because you're the first full-time mayor the city has had. Right. So there's no way to look back and see how that's supposed to work. Right. No, you're exactly right. There was not a model that in Rio Rancho. So that's where just my day-to-day business management came in and said, okay, look, we're running a city now. 
and there are day-to-day functionalities that need to be managed. And how do you work with the city manager to make sure that the department directors are doing what they need to do and have the resources that they need to do the job? And really, you have to look at each department, whether it's the police department, the fire department, parks and rec, streets and right-of-way, development services. Each of those is kind of a business in its own aspect, mm-hmm. right? They they have functionality that needs to happen. Well, that's a good way to look at it. Not all mayors do, but I always thought you kind of ran the city as a business. It's a not-for-profit business, right? but still, it, it shouldn't lose money. Right, exactly. And so, looking at how you manage the revenues that you have, the you know, those revenues are where you get your money from, and how you allocate that out to each of the individual departments and basically look at the budget. And in 2014, the budget was pretty pretty slim. It's still very slim as it is. I mean, we've only grown the budget probably on a reoccurring basis about 15 to $20 million in the last 10 years, which is not a huge increase for a city of our size. But how you spend that money and making sure that you're buying and investing in the things that are going to get the desired outcome. And obviously the desired outcomes that we're looking for is reduce our total overall dependence on debt, hold level on taxes so that we're not just overtaxing everybody just to do all these different things that you might want to do, maintain high levels of public safety. So making sure that the police and fire department have the resources they need to respond to our emergencies and then looking at how you're going to approach infrastructure, because as much as you wish that you could just snap your fingers and it would all be fixed. It just doesn't work that way. So you have to find a starting point and then you start digging in. And whether that's fixing roads, replacing water pipes, enhancing the wastewater treatment systems to accommodate the growth. Because look, every time you add a house, it's more water. It's more water in and it's more wastewater out. out. So every time you add a house to the system, you've got to make sure that there's capacity on that system. We're adding lots of them. But the answer for a problem, just like in business, is not always just throwing more money. No, no, it's not. Sometimes it's looking at is that functioning? Why did it become a problem in the first place? And is there a way to solve it? And yeah, you're probably going to have to spend some money to solve the problem, no doubt. But going forward, is it going to cost you more money or are you going to actually make the process better? And that's what we look at. And I will say this is that we had to develop when I first came into office and you were there when we started developing the first strategic plan because the city really didn't have a strategic plan. And then getting all the department directors to align with the strategic plan so that everything that we did, we could tie back to that strategic plan. So if we paved a road, why did we pave that road? Because it was part of the strategic plan. Did we improve the quality of the parks? Why did we do that? Because of the strategic plan. Did we improve response times, police response times? Why did we do that? Because it was tied to the strategic plan and creating those goals. When you do that, and then you're doing it within the same fiscal functionality of what you started with, that's where these outside companies start looking into the community going, hey, this is a great place to live. We want to bring some attention to this. That's why livability.com jumped in and said, we're in the top 100 in the nation and we're in the top 25 of communities in the Southwest because they're looking at those decisions. They're looking at different things. That's the other reason why Moody's, a lot of people probably don't know who Moody's is and probably will never care who or what Moody's is. 
But Moody's is an agency that basically rates the credibility of a city when it comes to bond issuance or borrowing money. Moody's looks in at a community like Rio Rancho and says, hey, we like what they're doing, so we're going to improve their credit score, is basically what Moody's does when they upgrade your bond rating. They're increasing your credit score. And everybody knows that if you go out to an app like Credit Karma or you go and get your credit score through one of the credit rating agencies, and if you have a credit score of 600, it's probably going to be hard for you to borrow money. But if you got a score of 800, hey, everybody's going to fight for your business. And at 600, you may get the loan, but you're going to pay more interest for it. You're going to pay a lot more interest. And that's the way it works with cities. And when you think about Moody's and the bond rating. And so having our bond rating increased uh, was a big step forward as well. So we're looking at those different things. And so when you say circling back, we kind of chased a rabbit there. (laughs) Uh, Was it what you thought it was going to be? Mm Yeah, to some degree, because there are those business, those managerial aspects that say there are things we can do with the resources that we have that can really affect a better outcome than what we had when I started. On a much smaller level, I was the president of the Chamber of Commerce and Grants many years ago. And the hardest part for me was, having come from business, is I'm used to, when I want to do something, just doing it. You can't do that. You have to go through the board, in your case, the city council. Right. So you have to be able to explain what you want to do and see if they want to do it. Right. And that's when we do the annual budget proposal and we go through the budget process every year. It's usually the first thing we do coming into March, April and May as we adopt the budget. And then we get into June where it gets adopted before the fiscal year starts. And then we begin that new fiscal year. So the budget process, we go through it, it starts, it ends and it starts again. And then it ends and then it starts again and then it ends and it starts again. So it's a never-ending process, but it's all about trying to make sure that we can do what we can do without, once again, going out to the taxpayers at every turn and asking for more money, but taking what they've given us and saying, okay, we're going to compound this or we're going to stretch it out as far as we can based on various different economic situations. Well, and it's a fine line too, because the biggest concern is the streets. So if you had more money, you could pay, maybe pave more streets to a point, as we talked about, if you can get people to do it. But then again, my taxes go up. That's a possibility. So do Absolutely. I have, do I want to have my property tax go up for more streets? Are we at that happy medium right now? I think we're kind of at that happy medium where we're asking for the right amount of money to get the work that we're doing done. Now, the only way we could do it any faster, you're right, we would have to ask for more money right now. And I know there are a lot of folks out there that say, hey, well, you know, I'd like to see my street repaved. And in due time, we'll try to get to every one of them, you know, at some point in time. But there are things that we could look at because I've had people ask me this question. What about creating just special tax districts in certain neighborhoods? Mm-hmm. That's something we could certainly look at. Is it, let's say, River's Edge 1, 2, or 3 said, we want to get all of our roads paved. We want to do it now. So we create a tax district that would just pave the roads in those areas. Th- those are things that we can look at. And, and the people in that area, the River's Edge 1, 2, or 3, whatever it is, then would pay for that correct taxes but the whole city would correct so we wouldn't look at it right now the way we're looking at paving and repair is is this coming out of the general fund which everybody contributes to or for the streets that we're paving right now that are covered under the bond cycle those bond cycles are paid in by everybody in the community so those get 
put into that pot. And then we use our professional engineers and the city council to come up with the ideas of, okay, where do we spend that money now? Originally, it was easy because when we started the bond cycle, we started with High Resort and Sarah, two highly visible streets. Mm -hmm. And then we started working on very visible streets so people could see where that money was being spent. You know, like Unser and Meadowlark and Abrazo. These were all streets with very high traffic counts. And then we got up into Enchanted Hills, Santa Fe Hills, and some other streets throughout. Uh, and then we did Riverside Drive. We did King Boulevard from Wilpit out to Rainbow. And now we just recently finished King from Unser out to Wilpit where the new roundabout is and you're looking at all these different streets that are very high visibility so people see where their tax dollars are going right. but now that we've got a lot of the main roads done like Rainbow and Southern Boulevard two major sections of Southern Boulevard have been done and Unser now we're having to get into the streets where it's not so visible what we're doing if you paved in circle I'd probably never see it because I don't go that way yeah exactly and so but, I have a question about that so say you and we've talked about this once a long time ago and I'm trying to remember you do a tax district let's say i go to all my neighbors and say i want to get our street paved and it'll cost us x amount say there's 20 houses and 18 people agree but the two people don't they get their street paved for free and everybody else has to pay for no <laughs> they do not okay <laughs> so that's what a tax district does it gets the majority of the individuals in that district to agree that yes we support this then you basically start an initiative through the city council and typically these can be implemented with 60 to 65 percent participation okay. and then the other 30 you know 40 to 35 percent have to come in voluntarily or not they come into it because they're going to benefit from sure. it right and, uh, and it's not cheap i remember but we don't have to pay it all in one year either no and and if you do a tax district it's normally something that can be if it's done right it's something that can be attached to the tax bill and let's say that it's on your tax bill for 15 to 20 years it's like in my neighborhood cabazon mm -hmm. there's a what's known as a pid which is a public improvement district so we actually have a standalone tax amount for that PID that we pay above and beyond some of the other communities in the city. So there's more taxes that you pay in Cabazon because of the infrastructure that was put there by the developer originally. So we actually pay higher taxes there. But that PID goes to the developer fund is because the developer put that money. It was a financing mechanism. Mm -hmm. so it tends to be a little bit complicated. But if you look at our tax bill, we have a PID on there. So yeah. we're paying more out to that. Now, if I sell my house tomorrow, that PID's not paid off yet. I don't have to pay that off to move out of my house. Of it rolls not, on yeah. to the next, it rolls on to the next homeowner. Sure. It can kind of cover you for the time that you're there and, and it improves the street. But I think there's not a funding mechanism that we can look at right now that allows us to do this for existing neighborhoods. But it's something that we're talking about saying, OK, well, if we want to go ahead and do this and you all want to create a tax district just in the city, we need to talk to the legislature about allowing us to do something like that, because right now we really don't have the ability to do it. Mm. So it all comes out of the general fund. And that's money that comes in through gross receipts tax. That's money that comes in through, uh, if it's the bond, it's the property tax and other operational things that we do. So that's where that money comes in. And then, of course, we also go out and advocate for additional money from the state, the feds, to basically compound the money that we have, multiply the money that we have so that we're getting more for our investment. And we've done that 
If you look at the years that we've been running the road bond cycle, I think it's generated somewhere around 40, 40 million in the last four cycles. And then this year it'll be 50 million, but we've been able to leverage that money to go out and actually put 50 to 60 million more on road projects. So that's how we come to the number that we've, we've invested over a hundred million dollars in roads just in the last eight years. Yeah. So I remember too when we talked about this before, we were talking about somebody wanting to pave a residential street that isn't currently paved. It's a dirt road, and they had choices. You could do just pave the road, put in gutters, or put in gutters and sidewalks. Right. And in that particular case, you can do what's known as a SAD, a special assessment district, where all the, well, the majority of the property owners agree to Mm -hmm. have that tax put on there, and you can finance it on the back of your tax bill, or you can just pay a lump sum and say, okay, I'm going to pay my portion. Mm. And that's that. It can be financed in several different ways on that. Now that can be done where there's no existing infrastructure. Problem is, is we don't have a taxing mechanism or a funding mechanism for communities with existing infrastructure. We don't have that. So let's say in your neighborhood, River's Edge 1, 2, and 3, Mm -hmm. we wanted to just make that an entire district and any money collected from that area would stay in that area, wouldn't be allowed to go across the street or pave another road or fix some other area. It would stay in that area. Then we had that ability We could look at that and it would be a completely different cost than if you were coming in and doing it all brand new because in river's edge one two and three we wouldn't necessarily have to replace all the curb and gutter no you know that's already all there so really what we'd be looking at is just basically peeling up the existing asphalt recompacting the base course and then putting the asphalt back down that's a whole different process a whole different cost and a lot less than a completely reconstructed brand new street that requires all kinds of engineering and curb and gutter and drainage right so there's a little bit different things so but we don't really have a funding mechanism that allows us to do that in an existing neighborhood right but then you have to decide because like the rest of rio rancho the pipes are breaking because they're old correct so while the street's up do we pay for that or is that the city that covers that part or how does that work correct (laughs) well while it's up we would definitely look at the utility to help us with that expense at that point in time but you're exactly right there's a lot of questions to be asked and that would be the other question Mm -hmm. is let's say we had all the money we needed to repave river's edge one two and three would the utility be able to actually come in and replace all those pipes and absorb that cost all at one time? Um, That's another big question. You're exactly exactly. right, Derek. Those are the things that come forward that we have to struggle with each and every day. How do we tackle this? How do we approach this in a way that, uh, number one, is balanced and fair because... You know, I get the statement from just about every community out there. We're the forgotten community. There are no forgotten communities. It's the problem is, is that Rio Rancho was originally structured where we were like 13 different villages, yes. you know, spread out all over the place. And they've just right? kind of grown together. And they've just kind of grown together. Yeah. But we're spreading the money out. What money we do have, we have to spread it out through the six different city council districts. And while you may not see work happening in your particular neighborhood or on your particular street, it's happening somewhere in that city council district. And so it's a matter of working through all of this, looking at the map and saying, wow, that's a big, big, big job, right? (laughs) And we're not saying we can't do it because we've been doing it, right? right? I was very humbled by a gentleman that walked up to me the other day and he says, I just want to let you know that I know that it's not all done and and I know that there's a lot of work still to be done, but I want to say thank you for the work 
that you have been getting done. And I said, man, I really appreciate that. I do. Because we have city staff that works on this day in and day out to try to find solutions. Our engineers, our streets and right-of-way folks, our police, our fire, our parks and rec folks, our development services, all of them are just tirelessly working to try to figure this out to make life better for the citizens of Rio Rancho. And that's the number one thing. Everybody's trying to figure out how to make it better and how to make the city the best we can possibly make it. And I say this a little tongue-in-cheek. Nobody took their job saying, I wonder if I can get up today and make the city a worse place. Yes. You know, you know what I'm you saying? You would hope not. Yeah. No, yeah, they don't. No, of course they not. They get up and they just sincerely go to work trying to make the city a better place. And unfortunately, look, it's like when you have limited resources in your household. And I don't know a single person that I've ever met that hasn't had to make this decision is that when you get your paycheck on Friday, what's the first bill you pay? What's the most important bill? Priorities. Priorities, exactly. It's no different. When we have limited amount of cash, we look at what are the things we have to spend money on because and is the first priority going to be to make your car payment and your insurance payment? Or are you saying, well, I'm going to put that off for a little bit and go buy a brand new 80-inch TV that I can mount on the wall, right? No. Well, you're, maybe your refrigerator breaks and you got to buy a new refrigerator, whatever. Right. But yeah. So right. Yeah, I always wonder, yeah, that kind of stuff because, uh, you know, you want the new stuff, but you got to maintain the old stuff. Exactly. So it does come down to priorities, and then it comes down to wants versus needs. Your needs have to come first. If and I that's don't why pay my electric bill, then my TV's not going to work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's no different, and uh, we have to live within our means. And that's why I've said on the show, I'm very proud of the fact that in the last 10 years, we've only raised the gross receipts tax one-eighth of 1% in this city in 10 years. And that's pretty impressive because that means that we're growing the economy and not what I call stacking it, as opposed to you're adding more partners to the mix. We've grown more businesses. We've seen growth in jobs throughout the community. And we've got a lot more people vested helping us bear the the load. And the development right now that's happening throughout the community is really driving a lot of what we're doing as well. And when you think about just kind of dialing back to mentioning when Comcast was coming in and when you also talk about Vexus coming in, recently we approved the IRBs for this massive solar farm to the west of the city. All of that construction is going to be GRT that's kind of windfall money. We're going to be looking at ways of investing that, and some of it will go into roads, some of it will go into public safety. And if I have my way, some of it will go into the permanent fund so that we continue to grow that legacy fund and grow our revenues as opposed to just spending every dime we have and hoping for the best when tomorrow comes. I don't plan my future that way, and I don't think a city should plan its future that way. And so the permanent fund, which once again, I have to say thank you to the voters for supporting me in that endeavor, is we did create a legacy fund that'll go forward. And that was another thing that Moody's, when they looked at us, they're like, whoa, this city just did something very important. They secured their economic future. That was a credit worthy move. We're going to increase their bond rating for that. And so those are the things that we want to do. So when, once again, I'm, I keep dialing back to your first question, was it what you thought it was? Yeah, on a lot of levels it is. And you think about some of the things that we're talking about right now, you go, hey, that, that stuff makes sense. We just need somebody to say, let's move in this direction. And I have to put my head down sometimes, Derek and plow through to get to the other side. Because once we get to the other side and everybody sees what we were trying to do and 
hopefully get the result we were shooting for, then we can point to it and say, okay, that's what I was trying to do. And I just needed everybody to let me get there. Right. So it's like when we repave a road, I get a lot of calls going, Hey, this doesn't look right. Because well, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You gotta let me get it done. Payment doesn't match the curb. Yeah. You right. gotta yeah. let me get it done. I remember that happened too because they weren't done yet. But uh, before we run out of time, I did want to ask you about Winterfest. <laughs> yes. You see, we wondered what we were going to talk about today, but there we go. You get yes. me started, and it just goes. We. I want to remind everybody we do have Winterfest coming up on December one. There's going to be the parade. There's going to be a lot of really fun stuff. There's going to be the fireworks, the tree lighting ceremony. It's going to be at Campus Park, 3200 Civic Center Circle. Please put that in your calendar. And uh, it's going to be from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. You're going to have Santa Claus out there, Mrs. Claus out there, music, hot chocolate, and there's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll have all the food trucks out there. Now that we have a park where we can line the food trucks up, that was something that I was really, really trying to get done. Man, when I first started on that endeavor, when I first started on that project, uh, people were questioning, you know, is this really going to work? Who's going to go out in the middle of nowhere where City Hall is and go to a event in a park, right? Yeah, yeah. now we have, you know, these parks. Thousands of people come out for these events, and we want everybody to be a part of it. So, so I guess it worked. It did work. Yes. It did work. No, yeah, I, and, uh, Philharmonic is a perfect example. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Philharmonic being out there, they do an amazing job. we got to give a shout-out to them. And another thing you for every time they come out to uh, join us for one of these events uh their their signature event now is the fourth of july yeah i mean we've never had that in the past haynes park probably couldn't handle all those it people. really couldn't and and we had trouble with a high resort park the loma colorado park was just really not configured for no. an event like this and that's why we moved the whole firework and parade out to city center it's more contained it's more controllable and we can park way more people out there and we have all the food trucks oh yeah you know so well, it was built to do what you want to do exactly these other parks were just neighborhood parks exactly Haynes park was i mean well it started out as but it, it grew with the soccer field and all but still not like campus park where you have like a hollywood bowl type set up there oh yeah know? no absolutely absolutely we were going to talk a little bit about the election that just yes. happened on the 7th it looks like the cnm bond passed so they're going to be investing in a i'm going to call it an auto mechanics training facility but it's going to be focused on electronic vehicles and diesel mechanics <laughs> that's going to be right there by the cte building which is on zenith court okay that's that big the building they just yes, bought. Yeah. yeah the big building that the uh, school district just bought so we're kind of excited to see that get passed so that we can see that move forward and that's going to create more educational opportunities for our kids which i'm very excited about it'll give some of these young folks that maybe aren't looking at a four-year college or more the ability to really learn a career or trade right there and And they'll make really good money in that business they really will they really will and then, of course, the SCAFCA bond passed, which is good because that's the money that funds all the flood control for the Southern Sandoval County Flood Control Authority, which is the organization that helps move the water through the city, hopefully with the least amount of damage possible. Yes. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, without taking the mud with it. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, absolutely. And then it looks like both of the uh, school district bonds passed as well, which I'm happy for, too. As I mentioned on this show, I did personally endorse those because Rio Rancho 
needs to continue to have the funding to maintain the high levels of quality that they've been offering our kids for many, many, many years now. And so having those bonds pass helps us continue that legacy of a great school district. So and kudos to the school district for all the work that they do. And we did have, I think, one contested race in the school district, and that was Beth Miller and uh, was one of the candidates there. And I think Ramon Montano was the other candidate and Beth Miller prevailed in that race. So congratulations to Beth and we wish her the best there on the school board, you know, so lots of stuff going on, Derek, as I said, never a dull moment in Rio Rancho. And uh, I'm going to try to have some updates next week on Market Street. Oh. Because you remember that's been delayed a little right. bit and everybody's been asking, is that still going to happen? And I'm hoping to also have some updates on Sprouts as well. If I get the information I'm looking for, mm-hmm. I'll talk about it next week. And okay. so I'll try to find out what's going on there because I think we're almost to the place where those companies are actually going to pull their permits. Mm. So good. it'll be good to good to see that happening. More business and rearrangement. More business, more building, more construction, gross receipts, tax. It's that development that's really helping us fund all the objectives that we have right now without asking the taxpayers for more money, the developers are helping us achieve those goals. All right, Mayor, thank you. All right, well, thank you, Derek. Everybody go out there, have an incredible day, and God bless.